One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kitty bops. Kitty bops. Kitty bops. The pressure is getting worse. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of That Would Bang Podcast, where film and TV reviews meet fan fiction. I'm your co-host Patricia. And I'm your co-host Adesi. And welcome to another minisode. Woo! Shake it, baby don't break it. Wow, that yeah, was a lot of passion. I'm, I'm passionate, I feel like there's a reason to be passionate. Tell the people why we are passionate. Because That Would Bang Podcast this has been so featured by... The iPaper, guys, Woo! in print and online. Honestly, we've got physical copies for everyone who's actually watching on YouTube. We're going to lift it up. <laughs> we guys, are so gassed. We're, we're gassed, like, we're gassed. Can you see us? This is our face. Right there. This is us, right now. Entertainment. Entertainment. That would bang podcast. That would bang. Guys. Yes. It's not the first, actually. It's one It's of not many. our first feature, but definitely one of many. And I feel like this is so nice because it's like in print, so you can actually have it in your hands mm-hmm. and like, see it and roll like, I don't know, like it's different from like finding it online. Yeah, this is definitely something that your mum can take and show her, her, her friends. All her aunties at church, her friends at church. <laughs> she can physically in the prayer group. In her bag. <laughs> We've actually made it. We made it, mate. I actually it. love it. So thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. But Patricia, um, how's life? A couple of weeks ago, I was in Edinburgh for the film, no, the TV festival. Not you doing industry which stuff. Were industry stuff. Hey. And it was nice because I didn't pay for a single thing. I went there and I walked into my hotel room, yeah. I was like, wow, this is a bougie hotel room. But yeah, it was really good. I I can't lie, it was very work focused in the sense that I had to like go to a bunch of different panels. I did go to a Fringe show, um, because you know the comedy festival was happening at the same time. But <laughs> let me tell you about this Fringe show that I saw, right? Because my colleague was like, okay, we're in Edinburgh, we should check out some of the shows. So I was like, okay, never been to Scotland, never been to Fringe, let me actually just do new things. So we went to the show and we walked in and they were all dancing to Riding Solo by Jason Drulis. I was already just like, mm. yeah, that's a vaga though, low key. <laughs> So I was already thinking, okay, I don't really know what to expect here. I was looking for other black faces, spotted one other. So I was like, okay, let's see what's let's see what's popping. But then like the second act came out and she was dressed in this mermaid suit. And her whole set was basically little mermaid vibes. And then she got someone from the audience to come and kiss her. And then he a actually stranger. did yeah, on a straight on the lips, man, in the time of COVID, on the lips. Monkeypox. So then she was like, oh, now I suddenly have legs. So then she started taking off the mermaid costume and I was thinking, okay, like she's wearing a skin suit underneath. Took off the suits and she was naked, just completely naked on this stage. And it was very intimate. So I was thinking, I'm really looking at your vagina right now. Next act comes on, very, very funny. Um, And then she also just completely stripped. What is going on? Out of her overalls. And then she's doing a whole like piano set, singing a song, just completely naked. And I was like, okay, this is too many naked bodies that I'm having to see right now. Fourth act comes on, right? Popcorn maker on her head. She's doing a hula hoop act naked. Bare hula hoops going around her. Did completely. You go to the stage? Bro, Maybe you did. It, there was nowhere on that thing that said nudist. 
thing. And my colleague literally recommended it to us. She was like, oh, I've seen them in London so many times. They're really good. But even she was turning around to look at me thinking, what are these lots reactions gonna be? Because she was even very shocked. Um, and then, yeah, she was doing a hula hoop set. Then she pulled out popcorn from her nether regions as well as a small tub of Saxa salt. Um, and then she started feeding that popcorn to people in the audience. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because this is a very um, wholesome podcast episode. But I left that Fringe show feeling like... Why was I there? Like This is why everyone's confused when they say the arts. <laughs> because we'll say it's at again. We'll say it's the arts. Um, but how's your week been? Well, I didn't see any naked people. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky for you, mate. Um, I did. I went to another industry event. Tell us about your industry event. So I went to the Radio Academy Festival and I was on a panel to talk about the future of the audio industry. Mm. It was good. So I was there to give a Gen Z perspective. Technically, apparently Gen Z is up to the age of 27. Damn. So I'm in Gen Z. Gen Z, I know we had our thoughts about you before, but we're all in it together. I'm still not really claiming it. I'm claiming it. I can't do it. What kind of things did you say? I'm really intrigued. So I was talking about, they were asking like, what do they think the audio industry will look like in the future? Mm. And I was like, there's going to be a lot more content produced. We see content now. This is only the beginning. It's going to expand so much. And I was talking about because of that content being produced, people don't know what they want to listen to. Mm. So I think there's going to be a new rise of influencers who mm. actually are like curators and tastemakers. So yeah. like, what we see, like Julia Danuga does it a bit, like with creating her playlist. And we see a couple of DJs do that. But I think there'll be more people curating content of like if you like me and my brand this is the kind of stuff you should listen to do you know what's so interesting about that it kind of tied into this this panel that i went to at edinburgh because they were talking about how obviously it's not focusing on audio but how tv the definition of that has changed so much you know like we don't rely on like tv guides Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. things like that it's kind of people need to be there to just collate Mm -hmm. all these different types of like shows and pieces of content mm-hmm. it was a really interesting panel i met some cool people i bought a lovely velvet tracksuit was it oh my god that was such seat. a look Dude. that was a really good look i can't even lie where'd you like, get that oh, from um from peachy den it fitted me yeah it would look good i can't even lie <laughs> <laughs> i was looking healthy i can't even lie yeah you're looking good still so, um anything else been popping watching anything interesting well, i don't know if this counts i was watching um, Diver CEO Steve Bartlett mm. and I was watching um, Joe Sugg do you know Joe Sugg? Zoe Sugg's babe brother brother yeah. oh, sorry I really <laughs> Patricia I'm so sorry anyway what was Joe Sugg ten- telling the people so he was just talking about his journey because he he was in that first wave of British YouTubers yeah. did you watch were you, were you watching YouTube at that time? Mm, I've never really been the biggest YouTube fan. Um, really? Yeah, like I did. I never watched it consistently. I would go through periods where I'd be like, love these people. Mm. But I do remember like Zoe Sugg being very prominent at the start. Yeah. And I remember hearing Joe Sugg in connection to her. Yeah. But never watched his stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He was like, I don't know. This is when I was in my white boy era. Like Everyone it, had, it's okay. A lot of people had that era. Yeah. I had that era. Because that's, I live in the Hertfordshire, so that's all I was exposed to. So um, he was just talking about the anxiety and all of the wahala that comes with being an influencer and being a Mm. professional and it's interesting seeing like a lot of us are jumping on the wave of trying to be an influencer but the people who blew at the time and they got essentially celebrity status they're only recovering from the effects of it now do they speak about what the pressures are like online is it kind of having to speak on certain things to please many people 
I think it's more of the fact that you just have so many people watching you. I think it's quite interesting now. I think influencing now, I don't even know if it's accessible anymore. I actually feel like people are actually celebrity status. Mm. Like when people see Nella Rose or they see Chance and Philly, they don't see influencers, they see celebrities now. Yeah, I actually get you. you know it's I mean? created a really weird sub subsect mm -hmm. of celebrity because it because it's not like meeting Angelina Jolie mm. or someone like Hollywood based. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of, they've gone beyond like a regular prominent person, but not quite there yet. And I feel like because the UK is so small as well, it's a really weird dynamic because it's like, they could just it's be your true. mate or you're like two people removed yeah, from them, but they're yeah. still very, very big. Still very like big. Nella Rose is really on Catfish. Just, I think just knowing that all these eyes are on you consistently. Definitely. gave them severe anxiety. And a lot yeah. of them say that a lot. And I don't think we... I think we say it in passing like, oh, it's deep. But I actually don't think people are actually fathoming the reality that we're not meant to have this many people watching us. Like, it's not normal. Do you think there's going to be any sort of change around that? Do you think there's a solution? Like, I think, I think one, I do feel like the world is ending as a whole. I mean, yeah, this is <laughs> I, definitely the decline of man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> end times anyway. Mm. I also feel like, because this is the beginning, it's a social experiment. There's one of two ways. It can continue and get worse. Or it could be one of those things that something bad will happen that is very extreme and then it will cause for regulation to take place. I think that would really just change the internet so much though, because mm. it's so unfiltered mm. currently. Mm. And to think about having regulation on that, like what would that like what would that even be? This is not me That's, getting That was very deep. Yeah, but it's interesting stuff. Passion, you know? I, I can tell. Yeah, it makes me it makes me happy, but it's just a bit it's a bit wild. Yeah. Mm. What type of like internet personality do you think you would be? Because obviously like you've done YouTube before. Mm -hmm. And like even just this podcast. Mm. How yeah, do you yeah. see like what do you imagine yourself being like? I have no idea. I just wanna be me, if that makes sense. G C style. I just wanna be me. <laughs> All right, general college. <laughs> I literally just wanna be me, like authentically me. I wanna be known for what I do rather than I, I don't want to just be known for my opinions mm. because your opinion can get you in trouble one day. I think that would be the most difficult thing for me mm -hmm. because I'm very big on integrity. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like the way social media is, mm -hmm. I think it's very easy to compromise on your personal values and what you believe in mm -hmm. to be successful online, mm -hmm. but also to make sure that you can kind of preserve the the sort of following mm. and the empire that you've built because mm. i think once you get to a certain level of prominence it's very hard it gets harder to speak your mind 100%. especially if it doesn't fit in with the status quo or like the general consensus Agreed. and i feel like i'm really not going to take it there but i think with the queen dying <laughs> queen lisbeth queen lisbeth um, that's like another example of it. I think you have to be very careful of what you say. And I think that would be the hardest thing for me, like. But I feel like there's a combination of things. I think that the way the world has gone now is perpetuated this lie that you need to say every opinion that you have. It's so true. Sometimes and you don't need to share you it, you don't. don't. And I don't know why people are like, I'm just saying my truth. It's like, you actually don't need to say it. Like, you can And even if you truth. did, say it to your group chat, say it say to your, your mom, call your dad. Forget that privacy is real, and it doesn't. You don't actually need to um, express everything to the public. Absolutely, to be true to yourself. But it's the validation of like retweets, mm -hmm, likes. Mm -hmm. It it makes you feel like rah. All these people agree with me. Like mm. I'm the voice of reason, or I'm. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like, it, it just inflates your self-importance or your sense of self-importance. And that's what's worrying because it's like we all have this weird sense of grandeur of thinking, yeah, what I'm saying is valuable. The fact that who I was when I was 23 is not who I am when I'm 25. Bro. And like, I feel like I have the right to say... Yeah, but I know this. I'm an expert. Expert in what? I don't even know life. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? It's like, very true. Very and I so. think, like, the idea of a celebrity mm-hmm. is a shorter life cycle, if that makes sense. Very much so. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, very quick rise could be a very quick decline. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Mm. Make your investments now, guys, because people mm. won't sponsor you forever. <laughs> um, what else have I been watching and listening to this week? So I started House of the Dragon. So I know that, like, you're not a big fan of Game of Thrones. But House of the Dragon, it's, no, it's a bit I of a banger. No You're not going to watch it? No. Really? Why would I? Wow. This is Game of Thrones part two. But it's, anyway, it's great. <laughs> um, I was on the way here, right? Oh. And I was listening to Virgo's Groove by Beyonce. And I am no member of the Beehive, yeah. But this album. You're sounding like a member. Anyway, she's got wait, me. You started with House of Dragons. Yeah, sorry. Like... No, because I was really thinking about the things that I was consuming and like being really obsessed with this week. Yeah. Um, and obviously you don't watch House of the Dragons, so I was really going to get into it, but what do you even know about it? Nothing. Benedict Cumberbatch? Is he in it? Oh, okay. I saw a man that looked like him. I think you mean Matt Smith. Okay. They have that same kind of Weasley face. How can you describe <laughs> No, but... <laughs> No, but people have actually described Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch as like Cumberbatch. a weasel. I hear it. Like, you yeah, can he has see a very, it. Yeah. Don't you feel like there's certain people that actually look like animals? And I mean that in a very serious... They have seri- Yeah, and I find it really weird. Mm. Like people that look like rabbits or look like teddy bears. I, I like, really see it sometimes. I see that with like people with their pets. Like pe- dog owners often look like their dogs. Yeah, that's true. But I need to, I feel like I need to know references. Of course, now I'm not going to be able to think of but anyone. Yeah. But yeah, since I can't talk about House of the Dragon with you, have you been listening to Renaissance? Guys, I'm out of touch. What have you been like? What do I do? <laughs> like when you come home from like sitting on a panel, like yeah. what do you, like what do you do? Um, I sleep. Okay, big mood. I love to sleep. I sleep. What else do I do? I think I listen to, po- I think I go out of my way to like read different articles and like oh, that's good books though. and stuff. I don't know, like Beyonce, I like Beyonce. I just have no, I don't know why. I can't, but that's I, the thing though. I just like, you must not know mommy, you must not know mommy. I, I can have another you in a minute. And then she'll be here in a minute. He'll be here in yeah. a minute. <laughs> Baby, what? No, but okay, that's the thing, yeah. My love for Beyonce ended when she released Four. Since then, I've not given a single eck about anything she's released. Mm-hmm. Didn't really care for Lemonades, mm-hmm. that little Lion King thing that she released. Brown I like skin that. girls. Oh, the king, the king, the king. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. That was when Afrobeats was on the. It, that was when it was touching its global rim. That that that. <laughs> um, fair. Didn't love it. I'm anyway. not gonna lie to you. But when she dropped Renaissance, I was like, I'm gonna listen to this. And every single time I play the album, it just gets better and better. That I feel like this might actually radicalize me into the beehive. Like I've, I'm at that point. Radicalize. Because it's like so good. Just give it a listen and. Okay, I might listen to it. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing that thing where it's like I'm not going to listen to it while everyone's listening. Because you're different. I never used to do that, but I don't know what it is about this. I think when people are talking, when everyone's talking about a certain thing, I do like to wait a little bit and then come to it. Mm. I don't know what the psychology is behind that, but sometimes I do feel like I need to just be like, I'm not going to watch this right now. I just haven't been in the mood. That's fair. There's a lot of content coming out. Is this out maturity? At one time. Is this what's happening to me? I'm not going to call it maturity. Not to say that you're immature. <laughs> not to say that you're immature. Like, you're yeah, that's not true. But there's people in their 30s consuming hella things. Maybe mm. it's just a more burnout type thing because you we also work in TV. How do you feel about turning 26 this year? My best friend literally turned 26 yesterday. You just turned 25. That's what I'm saying. That's a bit wild. We just got here, man. That's late 20s. I feel like 25, I just felt like, okay, still feel quite young, mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah sprightly spring in my step 26 just feels like okay i'm basically 30. i feel all right 20 25 24 to 26 i'm actually quite content with this season but mm. i personally i'm not scared of turning 30. i'm, I'm not excited either because i feel like i'll be rich but then i want to i think <laughs> what it is then is kind of that in between bit because mm. it feels i don't like roller coasters but it feels like you know when you're going up that incline bit mm. and like the anticipation is there but then it releases and then you get that adrenaline rush from like dipping. That's what I imagine your 30s being like, but you still have to get up. <laughs> I love how you're illustrating <laughs> what I'm saying. Everyone who's listening, I'm doing a visual, 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 visual representation. Oh, yeah, I feel like 26 to 29 just feels like that. Going up the incline. Yeah. I feel like that could be the really uncomfortable transitional bit. Yeah, I'm so uncomfortable, but I'm learning to embrace being uncomfortable. I have to accept that this season of my life will be uncomfortable until further notice. I learned that in therapy in my six weeks that I did. I was going to say, same. That's so profound. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to embrace the the discomfort. Yeah, therapy, that one. I did that for six weeks and I was like... Did you do that on the NHS? No. Oh, you didn't? I was about to... No, (laughs) they do that um, CBT thing. I it's not yeah it doesn't really pop for me i feel like i think i, I would benefit more from coaching because my therapist would be like mm. oh yeah so what do you want to talk about it's like what kind of question is that don't you feel like it's a lot of pressure because now you have to think like what do i want to talk about because <laughs> <laughs> i remember there was one point that it was like what were we talking about that i was like yeah she was like i think the conclusion is like you can't really care what people think like you need to embrace it i was like yeah that's true and at the end i was like can you give me feedback on how i've been in your sessions and she's like this literally contradicts everything we just worked on. I was like, yeah. I think, therefore, there's a lot of work that needs to be unpacked there. Um, I was like, yeah, but was I a good was I a good um, student? At that point, I was like, yeah, okay. I hear what you're saying. Do you yeah. think you would do it again after that six weeks? Um, I think I'd do coaching again. I'm very solutions-orientated. Yeah. Like, I don't need you to process my emotions. I already know my emotions. I've journaled it. I've thought about it. I can tell you what I've come to. I can tell you the conclusions. Wow. Let's change this situation. But do you ever think that people give you a different perspective on things? No. At all? I've thought about it already. Because I've always... 
That was so <laughs> blunt. But I think I'm a very self-aware person. Like, mm. I'm very in tune with like how I feel about things mm. because I am an overthinker. Mm. So chances are I've probably thought about the various ways to look at a situation. Mm-hmm. But I found that when I go into my therapy sessions, mm-hmm. my therapist does help me to think about things from a different perspective or follow through on a particular perspective because sometimes I'll see things, but where it centers me, I'll tend to put that on the back burner and just be like, but let me prioritize the way this person might have seen things or, but she helps me to kind of at least bring myself to the fore. That's a bit like more. You have a therapist that actually contributes to your Yeah, maybe you just need to shop around My a bit more. My therapist would always ask me, what do you think? What do you think? Girl, I came to ask you what you think. You need you to give need me to the answers. Me. You're asking me every time. So by the end, I was like, dude, you're asking me to think. I've already been thinking. This is why I'm here. I've been thinking too much, in fact. I do feel like social media does contribute to all of this wahala that we experience in our heads. So my goal for this year and for the future is to start using social media as a tool rather than a crutch. Because I think majority of us have social media addictions that we don't know. I watch like my friends' stories occasionally, but I try not to scroll because I don't know what I'm looking for. I actually very much hate Instagram mm. and I really want to delete it. But I think it is a good tool because mm-hmm. it's, you know, I might want to share the pods or if there's something like I really want to share a song that I really like. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know, like I really do like being able to sort of express myself a little bit. And I'm not the biggest Instagram user. Mm. But I found that now when I'm on there, I'll watch free stories like Max. Sorry if you're not in that first three because then I actually have no clue what you're doing. So my <laughs> friends will be like, I posted on Instagram. You wasn't in that first three. Sorry, darling. But, and I, I just will try not to scroll. But like when I do scroll, I've noticed that I feel really bad when, when I'm on that app because I come away feeling like I've seen someone with a very insane body. Yeah. Someone, three people are getting married or completely in love they've bought their home it it does make you feel like raw like if i don't have those things it's something wrong like it's very easy to compare yourself and i think i get that a lot from instagram on twitter we're all just struggling everyone wants to laugh i feel like twitter is like i feel twitter's more performative than instagram do you reckon 100%. people have jokes and the jokes are funny but mm. when people are saying like think pieces all this serious stuff that's I don't true believe they, they believe what they're saying that's I true they want validation for what they think people want to hear. I like TikTok because I feel like I just laugh. And I also feel like I tend not to engage as much with people on TikTok, which is what I like. I want to go on there and actually feel like I can enjoy things without being so aware of other people on it. But I feel like Twitter is more like performative in terms of intellect. Like people want to be the smartest person. Instagram feels performative in terms of this is how perfect my life is and how curated it is. And then TikTok is where everyone tries to be quirky and like, ah. Different. Like, I, I, I don't have yeah. my life together. Ah. <laughs> so there's some really random things on TikTok that I see. 100%. Kitty bops. Kitty boops. Kitty bops. The pressure is getting worse. We are fighting. I <laughs> see. And she's always out of breath with her filters that are doing fire in her eyes. And it's a seven-second TikTok, so why are you out of breath? We are fighting. Oh, God. Oh, Ghana for the world, man. All right. Um, but I think that's the end of this episode. We've spoken a lot yeah, we about have. everything. Um, and it's been nice. I really mm. enjoyed this. Have you enjoyed it? I've enjoyed it. Definitely. Why are you laughing? Did it sound fake? <laughs> she's like, I've enjoyed it. I've laughed. Definitely.
yeah, that is it for this week's episode of That With Bang Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this minisode. You can follow us at the TWB Pod on all social media platforms. And you can follow me at Adi Adesi. And you can follow me at double underscore PDVR. And we will see you next week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.